this morning to have Mark and Ann Tubbs with us. Uh, and uh, these guys are amazing. They come on up. They are with. Uh, they come from us from HIM, and many of you know we're affiliated with HIM. Dr. Cheon and. And, uh, and these guys head up their missions teams, and they go all over the world. I'm not going to try and tell you what they do, because they'll tell it better than I could. But uh, they get to travel a lot and do a lot of fun stuff, and we are just blessed to have them here to minister to us. Amen? God bless you this morning. Let's give them a new horizon. Welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to greet you guys before he preaches. I just love it here. You guys are so amazing. Oh, thank you so much for your honor. We just, I, it's especially a special church for me because I just grew up down the street, you know, in Kent and um, went, and went to Federal Way, you know, I, um, school district. And, and so um, it's so exciting to know that God is doing something so wonderful and precious here. I, in fact, today when I was worshiping, I just wanted to, share with you what I saw. You know, you're all familiar with uh, Malachi 4, 5, and 6 passage, you know, about he's going to send the spirit of Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to sons and sons of the fathers. And Joe was totally talking about that, the spirit of adoption, just how the fathers love so much. And so I, I just wanted to, to release that. If you wouldn't mind closing your eyes and just like even just put your hands out as an impartation from the Lord today. I just feel like he wants to just release and increase you because you're an apostolic church and he's going to release that spirit of adoption through your church all through this region. And so, Lord, we just praise you, Lord. And I just ask you, God, right now, Lord, would you release, God, that spirit, Lord, a spirit of Elijah yes, where Lord. he had such a heart for the yes, next generation, Lord, where there was a double portion on Elisha, God, yes, because Lord. he cared and he loved and he raised up. So I just, Lord, we receive that from you today. God, a raising up spirit, God, a heart for the generations, an ability to, to know that we are sons and daughters. We just receive it, Lord. We, as you pour it out, God, increase the prophetic, Lord, upon us that we can hear your words of affirmation. And we can sense and feel your love, Lord, in our hearts like a burning fire, God. A fiery love from heaven, God. Release it today, God, that we all go to that next level, Lord, of intimacy with you. Of, us, of adoption, Lord, where there's no more loneliness, God. There's no more sense of um, independence or animosity toward parents or, Lord, fear about our kids, God. You're just released now the spirit of a family, God. A family, Lord, that's going to come all through Fife, Lord, and all that the greater Seattle area, Father. We thank you, God, that this is a, a beacon of hope for a huge region, Lord. And we just thank you that it starts with this. It starts with us feeling your love and us loving you back. So we just praise you and we thank you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can take that. Wow, thank you. Well, Father, we just let me just stay in prayer. Father, we thank you. I feel like the Lord was saying this morning to me to bless you in a way he's speaking about this is a place where you can flourish. He kept on saying the word flourish to me. And so Psalm 92, it says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. So Father, we're being planted in your house, not only this building, but in in your body. 
And it says they will flourish in the courts of our God and they will bear fruit in old age. Like Bill going to Uganda. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. So Lord, we pray a blessing of, of flourishing. And we pray, Lord, this would, we believe that this is a place where people are called to flourish where people are called to be aligned, where they're called to be sons and daughters. And Lord, we pray you'd increase that anointing even today. We pray for Dwayne and Joel and their family. Lord, we know that things are going well. We just pray you bless them and put your hand in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how many know sometimes the greatest words come to you when you're shaving? Uh, this morning, the Lord kept on saying flourish. I, how many of you use the word flourish on a regular basis? See, no one's hands went up. I, and so I had to just look it up. I know what it means, but it means to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way. How many want to grow and develop in a vigorous way? All right, vigorous. All right. And it says, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. A noun, when it's used as a noun, a bold or extravagant gesture or action made especially to attract the attention of others. We're going to do that in a minute. We're going to, make, uh, we're going to do some extravagant gesturing. Um, and so, but I want to introduce a little bit what I'm going to be sharing. It's great to be here. Uh, I don't know how many times it it's feels like, even though I think it's been maybe three or four, it just feels like um, I... I'm at home. I want to let you know, Ann and I, uh, I don't know how many churches because we, we like when we're in Australia, we may be in eight different churches in two weeks or when we go to Uganda or Kenya or Israel, wherever we are. So we're maybe in around 120 to 140 churches a year. All right? So we know churches. So when I say anything about a church, I don't say it lightly. I have never been greeted so deeply and warmly and intentionally by so many people as this church. I mean, do you guys actually love one another or something? I mean, uh, are you, man, it's just amazing. I feel really a part, and it's such such an honor. And I just want to say that you are a part of a a larger family. And one of the things that Ann and I do is, yes, we do lead trips, but we also pour into you know, basically apostles all around the world and emerging apostles. And we just think it's such an honor. But one of the things we do is we lead a trip to Israel every year. How many have heard about Dwayne and Joel's trip to Israel? How many have heard of it more than once? Okay, Ann and I lead this trip with, uh, with Brian Simmons, the author, author of the Passion Translation. And so I brought a few cards. It's in October. And so uh, I'm going to put them down here. If you're interested in possibly going with us, You'll also do ministry. It's not, it is, a, it is a, a tour, but also we meet with Arabic-speaking churches all over Galilee. Could you imagine preaching in Nazareth? Um, and, in fact, we were there last year, and there were so many people that the building was, like, stuffed, and over 200 people were outside trying to get in. And the miracles, a little girl, I'm sorry, a little boy, about a year and a half, he's, he, uh, two years, he, his legs were like this, and so he couldn't walk, you know, normally. And, uh, and his feet, you were saying this word today, one foot straightened, and then the other foot, and he took off running. The place went crazy. 
Anyways, we also met with Miss, uh, Messianic Jewish congregation. Anyway, anybody interested in going to Israel possibly this year? All right, not a lot of hands went up. All right, so anyways, uh, how many would like to have faith to have the finances to go to Israel this year? Okay, now, now a lot of hands went up. All right. That's a, you're going to flourish. So I'll put those right there, and you can take them as you, as you would. I'm going to turn right now. Uh, also, did you know that we're doing a conference? I know Portland isn't that close, but Wednesday night, Cheon will be there. This Wednesday night, go to, uh, go to harvestim.org, regional conferences, and he'll be there Wednesday night. And then Brian Simmons, the author of The Passion Translation, and his wife Candace will be there, and Ann and I will be there. We're going to be doing a conference Friday night and all day Saturday. And so if you want to come down to Portland, we'd love to see you. All right, so I want, to, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to ta- uh, speak about a, a number of things today. But I want to I share some things that are really on my heart about alignment and about how to grow, how to come into your destiny. How many want to come into the fullness of their destiny, right? Everybody raises their hand, right? But the truth is that when I interview people and I meet with people, so many people feel like that they haven't come into the, kind of like the, the fullness. They're not really on track yet. They, they want to go into it, and they see it, but it seems like they can't come totally into it. Uh, and really the goal is to know what that destiny is and, 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 the, and the purpose. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, To each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And this is like 1 Corinthians twelve seven that says, Now to each one of us a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12 is saying you've been given spiritual gifts. Right? But this is like its sister verse. And in this verse, it's saying that a grace, and it really means a gifting or a mantle, has been given to you as Christ measured it. That means that it's, it's, been, it's already been measured out by Christ. How many of you, if you ordered a pizza and they brought like a half and the waiter had like a little bit of tomato sauce, you know, like, you know, and a cheese, you know, you would look at him and you'd think he's crazy. You'd say, where's the other? Well, we're hungry in the back and we love, you know, we liked what you ordered, you know, Um, you would go nuts. But you know what? I feel like there's something in us that should rise up and say, you know what? Christ has measured out and I want every bit of it. I want all of it. Now, Rick Joyner, I don't think he's a pessimist, but he thinks that less than 10% of the body of Christ is coming into the fullness of their destiny. I, I, don't, I don't like that, what he says. It's not a scientific fact. But let's say if it was even 20%, that would mean only one out of five are coming into the fullness of it. And so I want to help give you some, a little bit of strategy this morning on how Christ has measured something for you, but you're going to go have to go after it. You're going to have to you're going to have to chase it with all of your heart. Right now to speak to your heart and say this. It's time for you to chase your destiny. Go ahead. All right. Now maybe some of you already are. I'm not saying you're not, but there's something in you that has to say if Christ has measured, let's say you're here and and where the full measurement of where you could be today 
is, you know, is right here. Where, where are we? No, that's hard to measure. You, you want to know one of the greatest problems with life? Is it's daily. Did you know that? I mean, it's just daily. You got to, you know, that's why we go on mission trips. It's different because, you know, you know what you do on a mission trip? And I love the team going to Uganda. I love the three and four generations you have going. But you know that what a mission trip does and why it's important for you to go? Because on a mission trip, you're just like ha, a ninja or like, you know, Braveheart running towards your destiny on a mission trip. That's why we take you out of your daily life and we put you in an environment where you have to tell your body to die because you get mystery meat served to you. And you start to tell yourself, die, die, die. And there's a part of you that starts to say, what does it look like? And you get glimpses. So people who have never prophesied very much or people who have never preached or never done different things, you know, by the end of the trip, it's kind of like move over Benny Hinn, you know. I mean, and, and what I do is I call it a flash forward is my goal is to help people see who they are. And I asked the Lord, I'd come home, and I would see, I mean, I would like, it'd be crazy. I'd see lame walking, blind seeing, deaf hearing on a regular basis on these trips. And I'd come back to my church in Portland, Oregon, and it'd be kind of like, you know, we had faith to heal a headache, you know, maybe, you know. And something happened in us when we started saying there's got to be something on how we look there as how we look here. And what it does is there's a part of you that needs to come into it. Now, some of the keys, I want to talk about some of the keys, because when we go down in, in Ephesians 4, it talks about the fivefold ministry. If you've read, I have a book, you can go on Amazon, it's called The Five Fingers of God. It's also, you can go on smashwords.com and get it in Kindle or whatever form you want it. But the goal is to help you discover your destiny. But it says in verse 11, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We know this, this verse. It really, it really could be said he gave some to be apostolic, some to become prophetic, some to become evangelistic, some to become pastoral, some to become teacheristic. All right, I made that up. But everybody else has two letters and we want to be fair. How many would say, I know for sure which my primary and my secondary fivefold anointing is? How many would do that? Raise your hand. Okay, about a third of you. Why is this important? Because I believe if you're pastoral, you understand your ability to heal hearts. If you're a teacher, you understand your ability to help people live out what they believe. If you're evangelist, evangelistic, you have a passion for the lost that others don't have in the body of Christ. When I go to, I just went to Mexico, and I take teams, I love the apostolic and the prophetic. I do like evangelism, but it's not my main passion. So I have to find someone to raise you up at a different level, because, so I need to ask Desi, who's 23 years old, she's the most radical street evangelist I know. You know why? Because she doesn't need, and I don't say this as insult, she doesn't need a treasure hunt. She doesn't need a treasure hunt. Because everywhere she goes, she loves people. So she went into the strip club, which I would not advise teams to do. But no one was stripping. And a woman came, and they started to pay her. And she told how her husband forced her to do that two weeks ago because they couldn't support the baby that she'd had. 
And she started to get deliverance and healing right there. Andrea also led the teams. She's evangelistic. And she went into the gang neighborhoods, looked for the toughest guys she could find, and wanted to sit between them. Yeah. She said, I'm here. You're from the... They even started talking. You're from, you know, from the Lord. Yeah. And she goes, it's kind of like they're looking at you. Does she know what we did? And they started to confess sins right now like she was a priest. We killed a man an hour ago because we thought he was stealing from us. Jesus could never love us. She goes, what would it take to prove it? Well, they had just bought a bakery out, all the bread. They walked in and bought all the bakery goods, and they said, do you have a loved one? He said, yeah, we have a grandma, and I have a father that lives in this neighborhood. Haven't even been able, we don't talk. We haven't talked in 14 years. So let's go. Let's bring them bread. Thirteen people came to Christ in the next hour as they brought real bread to the street. I want to let you know, if you know your fivefold anointing and you grab onto it, your destiny, it's a blueprint for your destiny. If you're prophetic, you can speak the very word of God that will unlock the healing that someone's been seeking in their heart. If you're apostolic, you can see destiny and release it in others. Chase it. Chase it. But I'm not here to teach on the fivefold ministry, even though I could for hours. I want to focus on the next verse because I believe it's the key to your destiny. Because see, we're not just looking for people to be elevated as leaders. That's why Anne started out, I didn't even know she was going to do that, out of Malachi chapter 4. To come into your destiny, you need to have the heart of a son. And you need to have the heart of a father. You need to have a heart of a daughter. And you need to have the heart of a mother. See, the problem is, is that we live in an age where people are struggling and they still feel like orphans. In the body of Christ, there are so many people that feel like orphans. You know, part of the problem is because we call our senior leaders pastors. What happens when your pastor is not pastoral? Many pastors aren't pastoral. That's why you have a good team of them. Why is verse 12 key to your destiny? Well, let me, let me read it to you probably one you've heard many times. It says this, that the role of the fivefold ministry is to, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure, verse 7, right, of the fullness of Christ. You see, without the fivefold established and without us understanding how to relate to it, then we will not be built up. We will not have unity. We will not have knowledge of the Son of God at the level we're supposed to. We will not be mature, and we will not attain the full measure. Now, I hate to say it in negative terms, but that's the cost of us not becoming a mature fivefold church. That's why when people look around, they say, well, why, we, why, why isn't the body of Christ unified? Why, isn't, why aren't we coming into the fullness of our maturity in the full measure? 
it comes down that God has a design and a divine order for his church. Is this too sobering? But I'm trying to encourage you that the church, in no other time, really in church history, since the early church, has come into a place where the fivefold is not only being raised up, but there is a, a, a transformation anointing that's come where a lot of these things are being manifest. You know, I think I, when I was here last time, I told you about when we baptized 130 prostitutes in one week. But, you know, the story didn't end. I mean, we've been starting to, I mean, we've been, we started a business center. We're working with an HIV center. We have the first uh, homosexual church in East Africa that I know of. Why? Because I met boy after boy who said I was violated when I was young, and I don't even know what I am. What do I do? And we said, we're going to love you, and we started a Bible study for them, and it's turned into a church now in the city of Matuapa. Because we're telling them they're sons, and they're loved. And we're telling the daughters that they have a destiny. Cynthia, now, who's only been off the street a year, has developed a plan on how to help every woman that's on the street, all 9,000 of them. She says, I know what it takes to get off. Cynthia's going to do it. I'm not going to do it. There's Cynthia sitting in this room. But you know what it's going to take? Let me show you verse 12. The word here, to equip his people. Some translations say to prepare his people. The Greek word here is a word that actually has to do with, it's a medical term. That's how it was used. One of the greatest ways that you understand in Scripture how what it means is you look in secular documents on how a word was used. For example, the word immerse, baptism, is when you clean a cup. There was a cleaning that was involved in immersion. And the word here, to equip, it's a medical term, and it means to be like, it's, 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 a, it's when a bone has been broken, and they have to put it in a cast, and they have to align it perfectly so that it will heal and become strong again. In fact, here's the miracle of God. It will grow stronger than it was before. How many of you have had a broken bone and had a cast? How many would say it was extremely fun? It's like, this is the best thing I've ever happened. How many ever had a bone that was broken and it didn't heal properly and they had to re-break it? Is there anybody? Was that, that was even more fun? Yeah, you, you get the award there, Okay. Now, let's go back to this Greek word. You're going to be equipped. You get to get broken. You know, what, um, let me tell you one of the best ways to grow. When anybody gets you upset, you can just tell yourself, hey, thank you for showing me a way that I haven't died yet. Dead, see, dead people don't get offended. To be broken means you learn, the word means to align correctly. You see, what happens in the body of Christ is it's really hard for people to be aligned 
Because we have an independent spirit, if we disagree with our leader, we can eventually disqualify that person that God has appointed to us to be aligned with because some way they are not perfect. I want to let you know, the way that you can grow right now, just make a journal of everyone that bugs you, and it will be the greatest growth list you've ever made. I mean, I bug me. So, now I want to show you what alignment is, and it's not. All right? So, let's let's look at alignment. What it isn't, and what it is. First of all, let's do the wave. This is what it's not. All right, ready? This is church, I know. We're going to do the wave. Ready? Said, go. No, get up. Come on. What are you guys like? Did you eat too much last night at the barbecue or what? Okay, ready, set, go. Wow. Okay. Well, you guys are pretty good for the first time. Try it one more time. Wait. Whoa. Okay. All right. Now, how many noticed some people didn't even stand up? I won't point anybody out like the woman in the, you know, I'm kidding. Okay, okay you're disabled. All right. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, pick on the disabled person. I mean, I apologize. <laughs> Forgive those who trespass against us. Okay. Now, that wasn't alignment. See what it was? We all did kind of our things, and it was pretty thing. Now, put on some dance music. Okay, I need some dancers really fast. Come on up. If you were dancing last night, come on. Dancers, come on. Run up here. Okay. you yeah. I'm going to show you alignment. Come on. Come on. If you were dancing, if you like to dance. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. Now, one of you. All right. You you start out. And you just. Um, okay. Now, everybody make the train. Come on. All right. Well, anyways, we don't have a lot of time today. You guys are really good. All right, give them a big hand. I love this guy, you guy in the back there. You guys said, man, this is guy's a little different. Did you see alignment? Did you see how different it was? We were doing our own thing as far as the dance, but suddenly we got purposed and the anointing can flow. And it not only flows this way, because that's hierarchical, and everybody struggles with that, which, which is, I think is kind of corny because the word hierarchy just means structure. Yeah. And nothing can grow over six inches tall without structure. I, have to, I actually love structure. I like the fact that the sun actually rises every day. I like divine order. I don't like worldly control. Control kills... But alignment in the kingdom will take you to another level. And it relates to sonship. I'm going to tell you a story because you guys can relate to Uganda that's going to blow you away. And it's a picture of what alignment looks looks like. And it's going to inspire you how you can be greater aligned right now. There's a man named Fred Bonyoko. He lives in Uganda. I met actually a missionary to Uganda. I honor you. Where is he? All right. Bless you guys. He knows the area I'm talking about, and he'll know what I'm talking, they'll know what I'm talking about. There's an area um, called Palissa, and it's a region, 
And there was a pastor from there, I mean a man from there who went to Kampala. About 60% of Uganda's in the still in rural areas, okay? Not only about 40% are in the cities. And one of the goals for people, of course, is if they can afford it ever to go to university, get a degree, then they can make a good life for themselves. They can have, listen to this, running water. Uh, They can flip a switch and there's electricity. It's amazing. And they can live in the city. They can build a life. So that's what Fred did. He got his degree, started a business, did different things. Finally, he's praying, and the Lord tells him, I want you to leave this life you're making, and I want you to go back, and I want you to help your people in the villages. That's backwards for people. But he went, and he started a church. And as he started a church, he started to grow. Now, one of the first things I'll tell you that a church in Uganda is they will take literally like sticks or poles, you know, or branches, and then they buy these corrugated tin uh, sheets, and they make a roof out of it. How many times have you seen these corrugated tins? Okay, everywhere you go, right? And in fact, that's, what, that's where they start. They don't, even, they don't even have walls, but I'll tell you, if they have a corrugated tin roof, they are, wow, a moving church. Okay? So he asked his church to fast every day, one meal, and then at the end of the week to give a donation, and they would buy the roof at the end of the year. So that's what they did. They got 80 corrugated sheets. They're going to put them up. It's so exciting. He's praying about the dedication service, and the Lord says to him, you've proven yourself to be faithful to obey what I tell you, so what I'm going to tell you now is I want you to give away all 80 pieces of the roof, to, and I want you to give one to every church that you can find, or two or three, whatever, in the region, and I want you to give away the entire roof. How would you do it? He just announced a building program to finish that. How would you like it if they finished the program and they said the Lord told us to give it all away? I think you'd say, like you'd know the right answer was, yay, but it'd be more like this, yay, you know. I, I'm more, I took a refinance my house, you know. I mean, it, it wasn't quite what you'd envisioned. So what happened was Fred did this and his entire church left him. They said, we knew you were crazy when you left the city. Now we know you're really nuts. So he went into a room, and he locked it from the inside with a skeleton key, put out the key to his wife, and said, come back in 20 days. This is serious stuff. Did he have a bathroom? Well, <laughs> use your imagination. Okay. It's a true story, so I don't really know and I don't want to know. Uh, so anyways, though, he did something very interesting. Now, this is, I'm teaching you principles to, co- to align and cover your destiny. As he started to pray, he asked the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says, I don't even know how to pray. I have groanings and deep, deep in the words. I want you to show me how to pray that will change my entire life and to help me come into who I'm called to be. Because obviously I don't, I don't get it yet. And the Lord said this. Pray that you will no longer act like an orphan. 
that there's anything in you that acts like an orphan, that doesn't know it's lo your love, doesn't know that you're provided for, that you don't have to do it on your own, you don't have to protect your own heart, you don't have to defend yourself, you don't have to, you know, there's a long list of what an orphan heart is like. So he cries out to God, and he, he just starts to cry out, and he says, Lord, and so he cries out for days, and the Lord's showing him revelation on places in his heart that were wounded and stuff, and all these things, and he gets to the place where he says, okay, Lord, show me how this looks, and all of a sudden, he got a website, which was the Harvest International Ministry website, he'd never heard of it, and he saw a vision of me. And he said, through this man, many fathers will come to you. But first of all, you have to be aligned proper with me as your father and as my son, and that has to be enough for you. And as you align properly that way, I'll send fathers to you. Meaning, the kingdom of heaven is within but you constantly are looking on the outside for someone to validate you. You're constantly waiting for someone to give you the opportunity. But there's something in you that has to rise up and say, I'm already a son or a daughter and I'm going to chase it with all of my heart. Because you know why? Some people in this room, you've been waiting and you have felt for a long time. Like, I know there's something in me that needs to be fathered. Mothered, and it's become kind of a, a place of discontentment in your spiritual walk. So guess what? He he got out of the he got out of the closet or the room and with a big bathroom. <laughs> and he looked on the website and he wrote the office and he said, Tell me about Harvest International. He said, well, you know what? We have some churches in, in Uganda, but our headquarters is in Kenya. And if you'll go there, they'll take care of you and they'll, they'll help, help you in every way they can. So he got, he got on a bus for, you know what, 16, 20 hours, whatever they do. It's just amazing. He gets there. They love on him. Now, one of the things that I do is I don't help one church. I believe that's an old wineskin. I help anything I do is available for the region. So if I bring Bible school materials, it's, it's available for anybody who wants it. Okay? Because I can't choose this pastor over that pastor. I have to be someone who loves the city. I have to love the region. And so I told him that, uh, I mean, I've ta taught my son who runs it. Now, now there's 3,000 churches in Kenya. Can you believe that? We started in 1999. And they all have this philosophy you are there for the region. So what happens is, he took the material, they got the material, he went back, now he's got the material, guess what? He's got 80 churches that he gave a roof to, do you think they're going to be open to him passing out this, these materials? He learns the material, he gives it to him, before you know it, he's in an apostolic role, he's mentoring and ministering to all these churches in the entire region. See, he's coming into his destiny through alignment. He knew who's, it's like, who's your daddy? And so what happened was, it started to happen, but then he started to say, Lord, what about that man you showed me? So he heard that a team was coming from America, 
He got on the bus again. He came. He saw me. He's thinking, wow, I get to tell him the story of how God has used this vision. And when he saw me, the Spirit came on him. He fell down. He couldn't talk for three days and tell anybody. How many have ever thought the opportunity came and all of a sudden there were no words? Why? Fred says now his heart was still looking to man and that he still had to have a shift. See, the reason this turns everything upside down is that we're waiting for people and we, the ones that we look upon, like I said, we get disappointed in them fast because they're not everything we wanted them to be. How many of you are perfect parents? <laughs> You're disqualified. Well, some people have that attack, so I renounce that. But see, perfection is not the standard of leadership. Humility and the spirit of a father and a mother to equip people is leadership. But guess what? You have to align properly to come into your destiny. I believe that many of you have powerful ministries already, but I do not believe you can take your entire city without alignment. So this is how the story goes with Fred, because I've got to wrap it up. Fred goes home, he prays, and the Lord says, you prepare for that, that man that I showed you. He's going to be he is going to be in part a father to you, but he's going to bring many fathers to you, and I want you to prepare for him so that, he's, that you're ready. And this is what he told him. And when you do that, you don't even have to ask him or tell him. He'll come to you without you even asking a person. Could you imagine that kind of faith? Well, I have a spiritual son, I told you. He oversees the churches and... and all over East Africa. And I just called, I called him and I said, hey, where am I going this year? Because I don't, I don't tell him where I'm going. He's the leader of the movement, not me. He's the indigenous leader. He says, I really want you to go to Uganda because I believe there's someone who's ready for you. So I took a team. When I showed up there, the anointing was so strong. By the way, this is about him. This was about his relationship with God him calling in the anointing. When I got there and I walked in, the first thing I did is I stood up. I didn't know there was a famine. But something rose up in me and I started speaking to the heavenlies and I said, I command every blessing that's been withheld to be released in Jesus' name. And I spoke to the north, south, east, and west. And suddenly, I mean, the words barely came out of my mouth and all of a sudden, a strange wind started. And it goes... And before you know it, it wasn't destructive. Things started flapping. Clouds formed out of nowhere. And rain came within 15 minutes. Now, I want to let you know, when you've lived in drought and you don't have crops, they're not going like, you know, bummer, it's raining. By the way, they had no roof. He gave this thing away, okay? They started to absolutely celebrate. The faith rose. And what do they do when the faith rises? Bring the worst case. Bring the quadriplegic. When she stood up, 
when she started to move her arms? I started learning from him. I saw because of the expectation of a son drawing on the heart. See, Malachi 4 is not just about fathers turning out to their hearts to the sons and, and, and the daughters. The, the power of the text, and I believe is the word for the day, is that it's not only that, but it's the sons and daughters who turn their hearts to the fathers. To, and this is what the Lord told me. This generation will heal the generations before it. And so when I came to him, he didn't even want to manipulate me. He didn't even tell me why I was there. Because you can ask these missionaries, money, money, money issues are all over the place everywhere you go. He did not want to ask me for money. He did not want to manipulate me. But guess what? I brought on that team a man from Vancouver that I know, think is one of the best fathers and raising up. In fact, everyone in his church, they make sure that they have a spiritual mother or father in their church when they joined the church. The mantle came on him, and he says, I'm going to begin to father. He's been going back since. I have another man with an amazing father. So now the orphanages and the churches that we have, it's around 350 in Uganda. And it's coming through a fathering movement. I'm not even doing it. It's through these that have a heart and that are bringing people together, fathering giving away all they have, raising up those people. It's just like the most amazing thing. And I believe that a lot of it started with one man's cry in a closet. Alignment. I know you've been wounded by leaders. I know there's been disappointments. But I want to let you know this. There is a season right now. The Malachi Ford is really, forward is not only just something we're talking about. It's, it's becoming a reality. That's why your church is aligned with HIM. I want you to know, I get texts from Pastor Dwayne telling me how things are going. He's got questions. He's aligned relationally. He emails. He stays in relationship because he wants to make sure that he's just some, you know, somewhere outside of here to just bounce things off. And I'm sure he has others. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying he's, he's modeling that. And the reason I share this with you today is I believe that, that in a place where you're properly aligned. So here's my challenge. You want to grow into your destiny? Grow in what, and ask the Lord, what would it mean for me to be broken, <laughs> rebroken? No, that's not a fun prayer. Uh, I don't want to make it more fun for you. I want you to understand there's something in you that can say, I can be aligned. You know, the Lord told me my spiritual name was Caleb. I didn't say, well, why aren't I Joshua? <laughs> I'm aligned with Cheon. But I was in 17 nations last year, or 19, 17 this year. I'm getting to speak into movements. I believe it's because I'm properly aligned. And it's not just meetings. I don't even need another meeting. I tell people that. Some of my most important meetings are in the back of a car with an apostle who's emerging and helping him get the right heart for the city. Well, I want to bless you today. And I, I know we've got ministry with the kids. Is, is anybody being encouraged or challenged or uplifted? Amen. I want to give God glory. Can I just pray for you? Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray for you.
I know you have a prayer team. Why don't they come forward? We're going to pray, and then we're going to do, you know, we know some people need to go. But I want you to put your hand on your heart because I think it starts. It really starts with alignment. Fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters. I feel like the Lord is doing uh, something today. I feel like there's the breakthrough anointing for an alignment in your heart. Some of you feel very properly aligned. Others of you feel like you're you still feel like you're just kind of floating and, and orbiting somewhere, but you just feel like you haven't quite, quite landed. You know, Lord's led you here for a purpose. He wants to equip you to become mature. He wants to equip you to walk in unity. You know, right now I've been doing mediation with my family members that won't really get along. I've gone after it. Not in my house, not in my family, there will be no divisions. And I'll earn the right to mediate and sit there and bring them into alignment with one another. I'm going to be aligned with my sons and my daughters. I'm going to be aligned with my sons and daughters in a way that I've never, closer than I've ever been because I understand alignment. I'm going to be aligned with spiritual leaders. I'm not going to disqualify them in my mind. Does anybody want that? I just speak that blessing to flourish. I speak a blessing for you. I command every division, every wall of hostility, every, every place in your life that feels disaligned, that feels like the enemy has taken too much ground. And this is what Joe was speaking over you and declaring over you that this is the time where we are aligned with one another, aligned with God, and aligned with our destiny. So we command that blessing and we release it in Jesus' name.